building entire and just crushed and crumbled. I'm not sure if it's safe to report from my vantage point. I I really need to leave. So the fences informed me that the surrounding areas are, are in ruin. I I see some people running now. And the opinion of this reporter, if this nation or in fact the world ever needed heroes, that time is now. That time is now. of the Fire and Water Podcast, a proud member of the Fire and Water Podcast Network. I'm one of your hosts, the Irredeemable Shag. Along with me, as always, is my co-host, the Silver Screen, Rob Kelly. How you doing, buddy? Yeah, we're going deep. <laughs> we sure are. We sure are, folks. Now, think about this. When we started this podcast in 2011, uh, Aquaman and Firestorm, you know, they were like barely – well, I guess they had their own titles, you know, whatever, uh, well, in comics. Well, not when we actually started the show, but right afterwards. Yeah. I mean, well, that's why we started it because yeah. the New 52. But now, folks, we have done it. Mission accomplished. <laughs> Aquaman is a star of the silver screen. Firestorm is a star of two television shows. So you are welcome. Our <laughs> gift to you. <laughs> you know, these people that listen to ours, they really are quite lucky. <laughs> I, they are. They really, really are. Well, let's tell, them, uh, let's tell them how they could be even more lucky if they were to buy these items from our sponsor. <laughs> Folks, uh, Good segue. This episode of the Firewater Podcast is sponsored in part by InStockTrades.com. InStockTrades is your best online source for trades, hardcovers, and other collected editions, all for up to 42% off with free shipping for orders of $50 or more. What you got, buddy? Uh, for reasons I don't think I need to explain, I'm going to be promoting Justice League of America Archives Volume 9, which mm-hmm. is part of DC's beautiful archive editions, those wonderful hardcovers they did. This book reprints Justice League of America numbers 71 through 80, written by Denny O'Neill, drawn by by Dick Dillon, Sid Green, and Joe Giella. And even though there's just nine comics uh, reprinted here, a lot of stuff happened in the Justice League. And just those nine issues, uh, Martian Manhunter left the team, Black Canary joined the team, Green Arrow started appearing in his sort of modern outfit, uh, they lost the Secret Sanctuary and got the uh, the satellite, and there's a ton of cre- and they lost Snapper Car, yay! So there's a ton <laughs> of really great stuff uh, in this book. The normal price is forty nine ninety five because, of course, you remember these are really expensive hardcover books. But in stock, trade's price is only nineteen dollars and ninety eight cents. That is sixty percent off, not forty five. Sixty percent off. So you can get a really beautiful installment of the Justice League Archive editions for just twenty bucks. That's a deal. 
That's a hell of a deal. I own like uh, five or six of these things of the Justice League ones. I bought them because that's the first time they ever collected Justice League. So I was buying them as they came out for fifty bucks a pop. You know. Yeah, me too. Um, I bought a couple. Yeah, that was, those, were, those were major invest investments. Yeah. But they're absolutely stunning. So that's a hell of a deal. And uh, by the way, you forgot to mention how incredibly important Aquaman is in those issues. So what do you have? <laughs> uh, I brought something also uh, sort of related. I brought Justice League Throne of Atlantis, which we've promoted here several times. But check this out, folks. It's on in-stock trades. Justice League Throne of Atlantis. Uh, it is a book and DVD Blu-ray set. I don't even know this kind of stuff was on in stock trades. It is a combo pack where you get the the DVD of the movie, the Throne of Atlantis movie, the animated film. You can get the DVD of it. You also get a Blu-ray of it, and it includes a digital copy of the trade paperback. Wow, it's amazing. I've seen these kind of things in Target for like you know Batman Year One, where they do the the, the graphic novel and the comic together, or Killing Joke and stuff like that. I didn't know in stock trades carried this stuff. So technically, in stock trades has a digital comic, which is so cool. I didn't know um, that was a thing. I didn't know they did that. Yeah, it's a great package. It's a great idea, you know, for mass market kind of thing. Uh, this one includes, of course, Justice League number 13 through 17 and Aquaman 15 through 16. That's the Throne of Atlantis storyline that we love so much. Then you get the animated movie, too, where Aquaman is out front as a star of the Justice League. you got to check this out. And check, the, check out the price. Uh, normally retails for $21.25. You can get it for uh, 50% off right now, so it's only $10.62. $10.62 for a digital trade paperback and a DVD and Blu-ray. Hell, buy it, get the Blu-ray, and sell the DVD to a friend for, like, I don't know, 5 because you make half your money back. It's a great deal. Anyway, uh, check it out. In Stock Trades, Justice League, Throne of Atlantis. Hard, they list it as hardcover, book, and DVD Blu-ray set. And, of course, we'll have a link in the show notes. So it's absolutely cool. And um, for these and all your other tree paperwork needs, please visit InStockTrades.com and go up to the Contact Us button and let them know that you heard about it on the Fire & Water podcast. So we would appreciate that. All right, Rob. Woof. Unbelievable. We have seen the Justice League movie. We have seen Aquaman on a, at least I did, on like 60 feet tall uh, with the like 20 feet tall pectoral muscles, you know, on an IMAX screen. It was unbelievable. So we got a lot to talk about with this movie. But, you know, let's just, this is an Aquaman and Firestorm podcast. Let's jump right in on Aquaman. What'd you think, buddy? Okay. Uh, my fear uh, initially, of course, based on the trailer. Uh, was that, in the words of Luke Dobb, uh, it was going to be lots of Aquaman being, yeah, you know, he was going to be <laughs> bro Aquaman, and uh, that scared the living crap out of me. I am happy to report that that Aquaman is not really in this movie. Um, I mean, you see a little bit of that, but the stuff that you see of him being kind of a bro is just the stuff in the trailer, and that's it. There really aren't I know. any other things in the movie where he's like that. Um, I think um this is obviously not the approach that i would have wanted um it is very reminiscent of some other uh, elements of aquaman but you can get into that uh, shortly uh hey, try to steal my notes here but yes, i'm never I sharing am. my notes with you again trying to steal your notes um but if this is clearly an aquaman at the beginning of his career as a superhero i mean he's he's called the aquaman so he's kind of this urban legend well not really an urban legend well like well Okay, in the town yeah, yeah. that he's protecting, he's not an he's not an urban legend. He's a, he's one of the town, but it, it, to the rest of the world, um, he's this kind of you know shady sort of thing that he's like a Nessie or Sasquatch. Like nobody really believes in him. Um, so you know, one of the things I, I had to consider watching this movie is like, is this in my mind a valid interpretation of Aquaman? And 
we have a lot of other things to discuss about this movie, and I actually do want to do a whole episode of of Fire and Water on the various versions of Aquaman, because obviously there is no one Aquaman. There's the one that I have in my mind. That's the Super Friends Aquaman. That's the Justice League, uh, you know, the one that, that taught you how to do party tricks. There's the Justice League Aquaman. There's that Aquaman. But, of course, the New 52 Aquaman is not that Aquaman. And the Golden Age Aquaman is not that Aquaman. And the Peter David version is, is its own version. So, to me, this was just as valid as any other uh, version uh, that, that you would see. And, uh, you know, I, I enjoyed it. I I did. I didn't expect to because I really thought it was just going to be Momoa was either going to be Namor or Conan, who he, of course, has literally played, uh, or or Drago from Game of Thrones. But I enjoyed what I saw of Aquaman. I actually wish there had been more. Yeah, I I was totally shocked because I went in the same way you did. I was totally expecting Aqua Bro. Uh, in fact, I've been texting uh, Daniel Sutton, Uncle Adams, who wrote some of our theme songs, including the closing song for this show and our Who's Who show. He and I texted quite a bit before the movie and immediately after the movie, and I was convinced it was going to be Aqua Bro the whole way through, and I was thrilled. I mean, he he was a real character. He had depth. He had interesting things to say. He you know he took me by surprise a lot. So um, yeah, and, and as you said. Reminiscent of other versions, he is very much the Peter David Aquaman. He he's angry. They're introduced. They're starting to introduce the whole Abanin from the the from the Kingdom of Atlantis. I wouldn't be surprised if they reveal his real name's Orin. Uh, we we found about his mother. So a lot of that just felt very uh, you know, Peter David. You know the, the I, angry version. I, I don't want to interrupt, but I I, I do. Well, okay. Let me. I'll, you should finish. I don't want to. I don't want to interrupt. Well, okay. no, you've already interrupted like a lot. So go ahead. Okay. Okay. The one uh, part about that that I would disagree with, and this mm-hmm. is this is where I'm actually going to say I actually like this version more than the Peter David version, <laughs> is the Peter David Aquaman has all those trappings that you're talking about, but he's also very bitter because he's gone through a lot of crap. True. You know, that's the same Aquaman who's lost a child and was separated from his wife and all this stuff. This that's not this Aquaman. So this Aquaman's actually kind of cheerier and more of a party guy. Than the hmm. Peter David version, so I actually kind of like this. If 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 we have to have long-haired bedraggled Aquaman, which again, don't still don't think we need to have that, but if we if we're going to have it, I actually would prefer this one than the Peter David version. It's a little bit like the love child of Peter David Aquaman and the Brave and the Bold Aquaman. Yes, I would argue. Yes, I think that's a good way of of, of putting it. I, would I like how your natural response is to say I would argue with you, even though you're agreeing with me. That's just your instinct. So that was cute. I like that. <laughs> Fire and water. <laughs> <laughs> um, gosh, so, you know what? Let's talk about his powers because I want to talk about this real quick. Did you? I didn't notice that. Well, I did notice this, but I've been thinking a lot about this. Did you notice Aquaman didn't swim? He didn't move his arms. He didn't kick his feet. No, he's just like a missile through the water, basically. He, it's like he flew, like Superman flies through the air. He flew through the water. And uh, I, I, I posed this to a group on Facebook, a, a comic book discussion group. I'm like, what was that about, guys? What do you think? And, of course, Daniel Sonical Adams uh, came to the rescue, and he has all kinds of thoughts on it. Because he was talking about – remember in the movie when he said, you know, do you talk to the fish? Seriously. And Aquaman's like, no, the, the water talks to me. Or, you know, basically I, the I water – I talk to the water, right, yeah. He said yeah. He talks to the water, yeah. And, and, and so basically kind of like – he took that another step further, and what he's saying is rather than Aquaman manipulating the water, the water manipulates Aquaman, and, and that's what's moving him through the water. Like he's – the water is actually moving him along, um, kind of like him being in tune with nature sort of thing, which I thought was kind of a cool idea. Uh, it may just be a mental propulsion system like Superman has of some sort, but I like the whole idea that it, it's, it's him – 
I don't know, asking the water to move him quickly or something, I guess you could say. Just on a subconscious level, not like he's genuinely thinking, would you please move me? But just it's it's his com- connection to the water that makes him jet across. The- Did you have any theories like about why that works or how it works? Uh, no, I didn't. I mean, I, I looked at it as more of a kind of a, a cynical thing of like, well, the special effects team just figured out it looked cooler if he flew through the water than actually <laughs> having Jason Momoa swim. Um I mean, your your comment about him being sort of in one with nature, that does feature one little thing that I'm going to – I would call it I, – I, I'm getting it in my own way on this, this review. Okay. There was something in the movie that I thought was a nitpick, and okay. I thought I was going to be – you know, I was like, oh, this is so silly that I'm going to mention this. And then I realized it's not so silly. When he um, – uh, when we walked out of the movie – uh, mm-hmm. Dar- Darla and Tracy and I saw it together because she wanted to see it for Wonder Woman and she was interested in the in Aquaman. So we walked out and I said, so what did you think? And I said, what did you think of Aquaman? And she's like, she paused for a minute and she goes, Aquaman doesn't litter. And I really, and I, I felt so good. I love this woman so much. I felt so good because I felt the same way. Like I, I, to me, Aquaman is somebody who cares about the environment. He is not a guy that drinks from a glass bottle and then just throws it on the ground. And I know it's like, that's such a nitpick and it sounds so silly. But to me, that is an important part of the character that he is an environmentally, you know, pro environment character by his nature. And when I saw him do that, that bothered me. Cause I'm like, that's to me, that's a little like uh, broish. That's like, yeah, man, he's a badass. He just drinks his whiskey and throws it. I, I didn't like that, but that's, that's a very tiny thing. But, it, but I was happy to know that she's picked up on it too. It's, well, I mean, she lives in the Aquaman shrine, so you think she's she does, probably in yes. tune with this stuff. Yes. Uh, that's a good point. I hadn't thought of it that way. I, you know, I was going to say, well, Aquaman doesn't care about the surface world, you know, where he's littering. But no, actually, Aquaman has that whole philosophy of what you do on the surface eventually finds its way to the ocean, so Abs- you can't do yes. this. It's a yeah. closed system, so you got to care yeah. about it all. You know? Huh. Well, I, when I saw it in the trailer, because they show that bit in the trailer, it struck me as like, okay, there's something for all the Kid Rock fans uh, yes. watching the movie is kind of how I see it. And I still think it's in there for that. Yeah. And so I, it probably is a nitpick, but it's I, the fact that it came from Darlene Tracy, I think it's pretty darn funny. Yeah. I like that. Good for her. Yeah. Uh, what else can we talk about? Oh, okay, so lots of stuff. So so Mara. So Mira. tell me what you think of Mara. Uh, I, I mean, I was surprised that – in a movie that has so much to do, I mean, it's like six characters and plus you have that, uh, whatever the hell Steppenwolf was and then all the supporting characters that they even a had time to do Mira, which was interesting. Although we know, you know, there's some other stuff that got cut out, but I'm surprised that, um, we got to see them meet for the first time. That seems like a lot of like, that seems like a big moment to kind of shove into this movie. I, I thought they already knew each other at this point, but no, this is them meeting for the first time. So obviously we're going to watch them fall in love, presumably in the, in next year's movie. Um, I, I mean, you know, it's funny. It's like, we all take it for granted. Now we've all, every, we've all had all of our nerd dreams come true in the last five, 10 years. That's true. You know, I mean, there's an Avengers trailer out that features well, Dr. Strange and the guardians of the galaxy. And you know, I'm, I'm still waiting for my Alpha Flight movie, okay, but anyway. Well, all right. And most of our dreams have come true. But I mean, like, I had, for a moment, I had to, like, mentally remind myself, I'm looking at a, I'm in a movie theater with Mira. <laughs> Mira's in a movie. This is amazing. Um, I didn't have much reaction to Amber Heard one way or the other. I thought she was fine. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not that familiar with her. I've only seen her in a handful of movies. She looked fine. Her dialogue was very stiff, but that was, she was 
being like this sort of queen character. So I liked the idea of creating like the air bubble around them so they could talk. Like that just it kind of like it's like doing um it's when you have characters um that clearly aren't speaking English, but they're speaking English so we can understand them. Mm-hmm. It just it just it's a shortcut. It's like, okay, look, we don't want to have all the characters in our Aquaman movie going, well anyway, we're just talking this blah, blah, blah. <laughs> like, yeah, just create the air bubble so they can have a conversation. So I thought that was fine. And and you know, again, it's Mira. It's Mira in a movie. I thought she was uh well the actress herself is absolutely stunning. You know, she's yes, a beautiful she's woman. Beautiful. I thought she looked great in the costume. It's such a comic accurate costume for Mara. Just wow. Just really I mean, if you want to get nitpicky, you could probably say well no, the sleeves aren't right. Whatever. I don't care. She looked like Mara to me. I was like, wow. Um what now, this is just maybe because I was so overwhelmed that I've only seen the movie once. I I didn't memorize everything. Were they literally meeting for the first time or cuz I I kind of I walked away thinking they knew each each other or knew of each other maybe and met but never like they weren't close or anything um was it genuinely their first meeting do we know uh, that for sure you know that was the impression i left i've only seen the movie the one time so uh okay. but but i got the way you could be right it may it may not have been their, their very first meeting but they're not a couple i guess is what no I'm no to not I, either. I thought that that we were going to be introduced to like the whole aqua family uh, right. And that didn't happen, and so I'm like, oh, okay, that this is a whole. The, now we know part of the story that James Wan will be telling us next year. I will say though, j- jumping way ahead to the end credits, I did notice that I don't think Jack Miller is mentioned in the credits because they have like the special thanks, and it's like Bob Finger, uh, Bill Finger, Bob Kane, Jerry Siegel, Paul. Nor- you see Paul Norris, but they don't mention Jack Miller, and of course Jack Miller created uh, Mira, so I thought that was. In order, he, he write that issue of Aquaman or something. Yes, him and Nick Carty oh. created the character, so they yeah. should be. I hope they get credited in the actual Aquaman movie. It would be appropriate. At least they credited Paul Norris. That's something. That that's was. Cool. A, I pointed that out to Tracy. I'm like, that's Aquaman's creator of Paul Norris. <laughs> I see him on a movie screen. Well, you mentioned a couple of different things. You mentioned other characters. Uh, apparently, yes, there is a scene that was cut with Volko with William Defoe. William Defoe, yeah. Uh, Shocking. Uh, there's also an Iris scene apparently that got cut as well, but we're talking about Aquaman right now. Uh, now James Wan apparently he or he not apparently he did say on Twitter recently after the Justice League movie came out he, he took a screen cap of uh, Mera you know in the water bubble there talking to Aquaman and he says no era bubbles uh, for dialogue in my underwater movie. Right, right, right. Yeah, which I think is great. So because the air bubble thing to me it did frustrate me actually because I'm thinking all right I, I get the shortcut for our sake but these people live underwater. Clearly, they can talk to each other. Clearly, they have a way of communicating. Right. So they don't need the air bubble. Um, and, you know, we could no prize it away forever. But uh, I can't wait to see what he does because that, that should be great. I, everything I've heard from James Wan, I like what I'm hearing. He says he wants it to make it like an old-timey pirate adventure movie. That sounds mm-hmm. that sounds good to me. The cast is really good. Uh, it's, I mean, the the, ca- the cast is unbelievable. Who he's got in this movie? He's good. You mentioned Willem Dafoe already. Nicole Kidman and Nicole Kidman Patrick, is the mom. Uh, Patrick Wilson from from Watchmen is going to be Ocean Master. I mean, it's this is. I mean, wow. I mean, the, 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 he's really swinging for the fences here. So it sounds sounds good to me. Nicole Kidman. I, I wonder if her character, if uh, the mom, will be still alive, like uh, the New Fifty Two version is, or whether it's just going to be flashbacks. Mm. Um, I don't know. Either way, I look forward to seeing Nicole Kidman. That'd be fantastic. She's great. Yeah. Uh, let's see what else. Um, I had something else I was going to mention about that. Oh, okay. I, I thought it, I was impressed with. This is stupid. I mean, it's it's acting. He did a good job. This is a compliment to um, 
Jason Momoa, he looked completely comfortable in the water, whether he was doing the wire work to make it look like he was swimming, whether he was literally just talking to Ben Affleck and walking into the water. Oh, to go man, swim. I heard I heard women in the theater like, whoa. Oh, his chest? Oh, my yeah, gosh. Yeah, when he was standing there waist deep, I'm like, man, that dude is ripped. Woo. But that water had to be freaking cold. Yeah, that did you know? not look comfortable at all. No matter how many times I practiced this and how much of an actor I'd become, I'd still probably be like, damn, yeah. that's cold. You yeah. know? I looked and absolutely he just looked, miserable. He looked completely comfortable. Yeah. So yeah. good on him. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing my Peter David Aquaman on the screen. I'm going to keep saying that just to get under your skin. Uh, okay, so the, the lasso. Did did you? Re- I know you've read my notes. So you, I know you know this, but did you remember it from? So when, when Aquaman's sitting on the lasso and he starts telling all the truth, which is hilarious, did you did you remember that from the Justice League comic book? No, I had no memory of that at all. I know I read it, but I didn't remember it at all. And I thought that was a funny scene. That was clearly, um, what's his name, Joss Whedon. Whedon. Yeah. Well, we don't know that for sure, but yeah, it seems pretty pretty calm, yeah. pretty safe bet. I I, uh, I I had to go and look it up, and yeah, sure enough, nineteen ninety eight. JLA, 80-page giant number uh, one by Christopher Priest, or at least the, the story by Christopher Priest, where Aquaman is swimming and he gets tangled up in Wonder Woman's lasso, and he just starts getting honest. <laughs> Basically about how he's in love with Wonder or he thinks Wonder Woman's drop-dead gorgeous and she's a leader, and she's part, she's one of the main reasons he stayed with the Justice League. So it was just like, whoa! So it was nice to see that here. I don't know if that was an intentional nod. I gotta imagine Whedon would have done that. I mean, he's pretty good with his knowledge. But uh, if not, then it's amazing coincidence. So, well, was, I think I, yeah, I thought that was fun. I I, I like that he kind of got like I, I liked that they didn't overdo it. I thought that was funny. I liked that he was just kind of got sensitive and 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 sweet as opposed to going way out where he was like crying or so. You know, I thought it was mm-hmm. it was subtle enough that you were just kind of like what? Like I mean, I knew it was coming because I knew the scene. I had heard about the scene yeah, before I saw the movie. I'd heard about it too. But I mean, if you didn't know, you're just kind of like what? Like, what's happening? Like why is the movie going? Why it? You almost feels like the movie's taking a diversion, and then when then it's a reveal of a joke, I'm like, oh, that's good. That's it's a good yeah. Bit. It's like Conan got real chatty all of a sudden. Yeah, yeah. You guys are just—I just really like being with you guys. <laughs> he's just got—he's a little sensitive. It's good. Well, I—I I feel like this was uh, a very valid interpretation of Aquaman. It's—I'm uh, I'm excited. I can't wait for the movie. So, but we got lots more to talk about. So, if we—if anything else comes up in your head about Aquaman, we can—we can come back to it. Well, so I let's love talk. one last comment. One last thing is that yes, I mean again, this is not necessarily the Aquaman I wanted, but considering how different most of the characters in this movie are from their comic book counterparts. Wonder Woman would be the exception, I'd say. I don't know if I have any room to complain. Because to me, a lot of the, the, the Flash, which we'll get to, is very different. So everybody who's a fan of a particular DC hero in this movie has to sort of deal with the fact that this is not the version they're familiar with. You know, it's funny you were talking about earlier, just you, know, you had to remind yourself you're seeing Mara on the screen. I had a freak out today during lunch. <laughs> this is completely random, but I had a complete freak out during lunch today. Like, oh my God. I've seen a Scott Lang Ant-Man movie. Yeah. This is crazy. Yeah. The world is the world is nuts. <laughs> um, all right, so let's talk about uh, the the biggest box office star right now, really, you know, of the Justice League franchise, uh, Wonder Woman. So, uh, what what did you think of her? Well, I thought I think I loved the opening scene. I thought her on the statue was just terrific. I thought that looked really cool. I liked that it's her as a crime fighter. Like, I, I wish that uh, they did more of that in these movies. I wish they did more of that in the comics. Uh, that, like, you know, Wonder Woman is out there protecting regular people. 
she's not fighting, you know, some demon, which I mean, they do a lot in this movie, but I like that they set up that she's out, like, stopping, you know, crime. Yep. So I thought that was really cool. Um, so I like her kind of as the de facto team leader. I think it was really interesting. I mean, this is pretty unprecedented in movies where you have a character that appeared in this movie, uh, her own movie, and it was this massive hit. And then just a couple months later, she's in another movie. Mm-hmm. That's really unusual. Marvel's going to try and do that next year with Black Panther. But it's still, it's just, it's, it's, it, it, there's something to be, to, to be, you know, thought about or considered that the, the way they've been able to produce these things that it's like, man, Wonder Woman was this massive hit, a bigger hit than anybody expected to be. And then it's like, Oh, you like her? Here she is some more. It's amazing. And Gadot continues to just own the role. I think she's, I don't think she's given the greatest dialogue in the world. I think a lot of the stuff she says is very sort of boring, declarative, you know, the war is on Bruce. You know, it's just like, it doesn't sound terribly natural, but she is just winning in the part. They, re- we talked about this on the film and water episode I did with the Franklins. Um, they getting Gadot to do this part is, in terms of a, the perfect casting, I'd say it's in the ballpark of like a Christopher Reeve and a Chris Evans. They they yeah. got yeah. it that good, especially for a part that's probably almost impossible to cast perfectly. They managed to do it. She could totally have them over a barrel, like for contract negotiations, because. There's no one else stepping into that role anytime soon that the world's just going to embrace. She owns it. Yeah, she completely yeah. owns it. I love that shot of her taking photos with like kids. Like, yeah. Great. I thought that was. I love that that she that she's almost like a PR person. And after she foils the crime, she's out there talking to the citizenry. I thought that was a great touch. That was, and when we get to Superman, that's the kind of stuff we want to see from our yep. DC heroes. I mean, it really is. Uh, so I, I like the stuff they are building between Batman and Wonder Woman. I mean, I don't know if we're going to get any more Batman, um, Ben Affleck, Batman or not. Uh, and, and obviously they'll have to replace him because they're not going to leave Batman out of a Justice, a further Justice League movies. But I like their the chemistry they're building. I enjoy that. It's it's almost like old friends. It's almost like a little bit of romance. It's just it it works for me. I don't know. Um, it's very believable. Now, I, di- I didn't pick up on this. This came out of the Facebook thread, but uh, when she relocates his dislocated shoulder, you know, that's straight out of a Justice League comic book. I, I didn't remember that. Justice League number 192. Did you remember this? I am ashamed that I did not make that connection because that is one of my all-time favorite issues. of ju- That is quite literally the heart of my favorite era of Justice League, and I did not make that connection. Now, so... Whether they literally pulled it, I don't know, but let's give them credit. Why not? If they did, they, oh, yeah. they knew where to they knew where to grab it from, and it's it's great. I thought I love that there's that connection. Well, you know, these guys went back and read the the best Justice League stories where they wrote the scripts and stuff. I mean, there's no there's no end. The Perez Conway era, you know that they, they were reading that stuff. Man, how so. do I get that job? Right. <laughs> uh, if I had to say anything negative about the Wonder Woman character, it's not her. It's the cinematography. Is that there were a lot of lingering butt shots yep. on uh, on Wonder Woman. You know, the irredeemable side of me says, hmm, "Thank you," uh, but realistically, it, it was unnecessary. Uh, she's proven herself to be strong and sexy without having the leering eye on her. You know, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so we didn't need that, and she'd be sexy enough without it if they were worried about sexing up their movie. But um, anyway, just worth a, a noting. I also enjoyed her like in scenes with Cyborg. Like That was a different kind of role for her. She's in plain clothes. She's just talking with Cyborg, trying to convince him to come to the team. Uh, you know, it's, It worked for me. As, again, it, it ties into her being the leader, you know, really. So it was nice. I liked the bit in the forest where she's talking with Bruce, and we see Cyborg, and 
you know, I remember thinking, geez, Batman and Wonder Woman can't tell that there's a 500-pound metal man <laughs> not that far away. And then, of course, later on, they pay that off where she's like, you know, had I thought you were an enemy, I would have stopped you in the forest. I'm like, oh, she did. She knew he was there the whole time. I thought, great, another a great callback. And it makes Wonder Woman look smart, which I thought yeah. was, was great. So I thought that was, nice. again, another nice touch. Totally agree. All right. Uh, moving on to the Man of Steel, the Man of Tomorrow, the last son of Krypton. Superman? Um, I, I, okay. The opening scene, uh, I thought was good where he's talking to the kids. I thought that was fun. That is a Superman that to me has, did not show up in the previous two movies. Uh, to me, that is kind of like, Hey, remember fun Superman? I'm like, Oh, that would have been nice if you showed me that Superman in the previous two movies. To me, I did not get nearly enough of Henry Cavill being fun Superman. And the way I know that I will like it is because I did get a little bit of this, of that in this movie. Um, after him and Cyborg separate the mother boxes and he's laying there and he's like, oh, yeah, I want to die. Like, that was genuinely funny. And I, I think Cavill, like, this was the first movie where I actually saw what some people seem to see in him as Superman. And I'm, I'm like... Why, where was this guy in the previous, like, five hours of footage I've seen of him as Superman? I, I just, that bothered me really tremendously that he's just, to me, he's been wasted in two whole movies. And we finally just see him briefly here be fun. That said, uh, I, we all know, we've read this, that Henry Cavill is under contract for one more Superman movie. I would like to see them do another Superman movie, a straight up. Oh. Superman solo adventure. Don't worry about Justice League, even though they kind of tipped to that at the end credits. We'll get to that. I want to. I just want to see him like fight Brainiac or Bizarro or Parasite or even Terra Man. Just give me somebody. Give me now that you've you've put Superman through hell, through what I think is unnecessary hell, but you've done it. It's over. Make him be fun, Superman. Give us that, please, Warner Brothers. Give us that. Well, I, I, I'm going to keep calling, echoing back to Daniel Single Adams because he's sort of like my spirit animal in these in these movie reviews because he and I talk so much about it. And he's a huge Zack Snyder's fan. Um, he's made me sort of relook at the the journey that Zack Snyder was putting Superman through from Man of Steel to BVS to this movie. You know, in theory, there's this journey they wanted Superman to go through. They wanted Superman to earn the version that we all love that he that it's hard for someone to start off as that good-natured you know fun-loving superman that we all want that he had to get to that point they made him earn that and that, that's a valid argument it's not an argument i particularly prescribe to um i don't even know that the journey was necessary was really necessary we, we had 10 seasons of smallville i've seen that journey thanks i'm good um but you know Either way, the destination was worth it. Yes, the version of Henry Cavill's Superman towards the end of the film was absolutely a joy. Um, you mentioned the cell phone footage. That I mean, the, the movie had me from that moment, from the opening scene with him in the cell phone footage. I was like, okay, you're right. It wasn't in the previous movies. I don't care. I was there. I, I loved him when 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 he at the end. Uh, this was the most Superman moment to me was when they're fighting Steppenwolf at the end and they're, you know, it's in the middle of the battle. The big bad's right there. And Superman kind of tilts his head a little bit like he heard something and goes, civilians, and whoo, flies away. And Batman's like, wait, wait. That was that was Superman to me. That was incredible. That I got goosebumps in that scene. I really did. 
Uh, and then uh, I did love the scene in Smallville when they're when he's standing in the cornfield or whatever kind of wheat field, whatever it is, and he's talking to Lois and his mom shows up. Yeah, I, I blubbered like a little kid then. I, I don't care if the mom and Lois and Clark relationship was earned or not. I, for me, I'm already invested there. So I was all like, this is his mom and they're there. <laughs> I, w- I was good. So love that bit. I enjoyed him and Affleck as Clark and Bruce in their plain clothes and the whole bit about, you know, well, how did you get the bank to do it? Oh, I bought the bank. Like that – <laughs> the movie the movie doesn't really earn that because these two are not friends but for the half second that they did it i it did make me harken back to those old issues of world's finest you know yeah. where it was like clark and bruce were best friends so i i thought that i, I enjoyed that moment a lot again forget the journey at this point i i don't want to think too much on the journey i just want the destination where we are mm. i'm good with that. Mm. where the movie ends i'm perfectly good with mm. um a couple other things. I loved the race with the Flash. That yes. was a complete hoot. So funny. Now, is that fair, though? Like, I always thought it was supposed to be Superman running and Flash running, not Superman flying. I mean, come on. Yeah, I know, because, I mean, Flash has some natural, like, you know, resistance that Superman isn't because he's cutting through there. I always like to believe that Flash is faster because that's that's his thing. Fla- right, that's Super, his power. Super, Superman is, like, a hair slower. You know, just a little bit, but but ultimately, it's like uh, who's stronger, Hulk or Thor? Hulk, Hulk or Thor? To me, it's Hulk because that's Hulk's thing is that he's the right. strongest of all. Thor has a million other things. Hulk, mm-hmm. that's Hulk's one thing is that he's strong. <laughs> I like that. Good way to put it. The um, the, all right, the mustache. You know, the, the 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 hairy the hairy caterpillar in the room is the mustache. Um, it didn't bother me. I, I actually I knew going in that the mustache was digitally removed. I wasn't actively watching for it. So I didn't even think about it. I didn't really notice it. Did you? I, everyone else in the country apparently has, but not me. I I only noticed it really because I knew about it. Had I not known, I might have been like, oh, that looks weird. But to me, a lot of this movie looks weird. You know, plasticky and weird and photoshoppy and doesn't look terribly realistic. So uh, the only reason I even stared at his lip is because I just knew about it. And I was like, oh, reshoot, uh, reshoot. You know, because you knew that that was the stuff you had done uh, while he was shooting Mission Impossible 6. Right. Ugh. All right. Um, I, I don't think we really have much to say on Batman. You know, it's Affleck is uh, personally, I think Affleck visually looks like a great Bruce Wayne. I mean, I really think that of, of all the actors to play Bruce Wayne, him as the older Bruce Wayne is like dead on perfect. I like his look. Um, other than that, you know, he's going to be gone soon. So wish him well as you know, hope it goes. Hope he gets to go out as gracefully as he wants to. So. It'll be interesting to see what Matt Reeves does, whether they either recast it or literally use this as an opportunity to have somebody take over the, the cat. That would be gutsy. To, to well, have... you mean like uh, the end of Dark Knight Rises where it was yeah. going to be? Yeah. No, they, they'll, it'll be Bruce Wayne. It, it's, I mean, it's, well, you know, who knows? They could try anything, I suppose. But it would, the smartest thing would be just find another character. Well, but, it, but I mean, if they're going to keep this movie in this <clears throat> universe, how do you do that then? You just find... I don't know. George they'll just, Clooney. They'll, they'll just pretend it's another. They'll just say, yeah. "Okay, I put, see what you're saying." Put George Clooney in a suit. I mean, what's the matter? When he's, <laughs> when he's got the costume. When he's got the costume on. Let's not tempt fate. <laughs> um, all right. So, Cyborg. Okay, we got to talk about Cyborg here. I, I, I will start this one just by saying this was the surprise 
for me. This was the biggest surprise because I went in expecting expecting to either a hate this character or be dreadfully bored by this character. Because I'm not even a really big fan of Cyborg in general. He just doesn't do much for me. And you know, also him being the replacement here for Martian Manhunter. So I was like, eh. But I really thought the actor did a great job with what he was given. I mean, in just those few scenes, I genuinely felt bad for this guy. Um. Yeah, I, I thought it was all right. It, to me, it was he was the weak, and, and it may be because I don't have a connection to the character the way you know do the other Justice Leaguers. Um, I he was I thought he was fine. I don't think he was given again a, a lot of really interesting dialogue, so I can't blame the actor Ray Fisher, who I should mention uh, just for this the sake of uh, for the sake of it, the connection that we have to here mm-hmm. Ray Fisher. Ray Fisher is from this area, um, and he is a he was a student of a friend of mine named Dan Fraga. And Dan Fraga and his wife, Anna, uh, introduced Darlin Tracy and me. So Woo! we were connecting in, in that way. So uh, I, I hated Cyborg's crunky costume that looked like yeah, it was made of old yeah. shriveled Reynolds wrap. I, I understand that. <laughs> but I like that we see he's getting a new one at the end that's cleaner and just, you know, much more pleasing to the eye. Again, I wish we had seen that through the whole movie because I'm betting I'm we're not going to see Cyborg again in, in any of these movies. So I wish we had a chance to see it, uh, the new well, version might, a little longer. At one point, it was on the books for him to get a solo movie. Yeah, so, right, knows, yeah. Well, things have been changing a lot over there at Warner Brothers. Right. But I think he's I think he's a, a character that's being received well, so that's something. Um, I did like they had him in the hoodie, you know, like there for a while, and I, I don't know if this is what Zack Snyder was going for when he did it, but like to me, I'm like looking at him and going like, "Hey, it's Cyborg from the early Super Friends cartoons or the Superpower Show, I guess is what it was when he joined." But that's how he dressed in the first episode because he wanted to hide his identity. He wore a he wore like gray sweats and a hoodie. Oh yeah, he was, was like, in New T Titans looking like that. Yeah. Yeah, so I was like, oh, was he really? Oh, yeah. I didn't realize. Okay, all right. Uh, and then uh, Flash and Cyborg together, they were really fun. You know, the the accidents, I enjoyed them. I, I could totally watch, like, a buddy movie of those two together, I think. It'd be fun. Well, we'll talk about that later on, the idea of, of buddy movies. Oh, okay. Uh, so, so speaking of The Flash, all right. Uh, I will say I have some positive things and negative things to say about The Flash. I expected to hate this character tremendously. I expected to actually have a lot of venom towards this character because I like Grant Gustin as the Flash. Uh, I, 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 it really bothered me, the recasting. You know, all the jokes he cracked in the trailers were bugging me. Surprisingly, um, his humor didn't bother me. I, I thought there wasn't too much of it. I, I, I kind of expected to be like, you know, in a movie when they put the kid or the funny animal in there and it's always a little too much. I, I thought that there was enough of a balance between what he had to do and his acting and everything and his you know character and deep moments with his humor. So it worked for me. I do think that this was the most unrecognizable version of any of the characters. Like if you look at Flash and Batman and Wonder Woman or whatever and Aquaman, compare them to their comic book versions. This was the version that looked the least like any version of Barry Allen I've read in the comics. It really didn't. Um, it was honestly it was more like Bart Allen. You know, yeah. if you had to compare it to any of them, really. Yeah. And I, I did hate the costume. Yeah, like, I hated that thing. It was so unnecessarily busy. Uh, I'm not saying I'm the biggest fan of Grant Gustin's costume either, but there's got to be a happy medium somewhere. I like. I mean, I dug the idea that it's made of space shuttle material. That's pretty cool. But it's just with the with the like strings and stuff, and yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know why modern yeah. costume designers are so afraid of simple tones. Why does everything have to have forty thousand tones? Why can't it just be? Some flat red. There's not. It's, it's not your. It's not. It's not the enemy. It's fine. You don't need to have 
you know, well, we got to have this shade of tone and this shade of red and this shade of red. Like, what is that? Um, yeah, I wish Ezra Miller had been given, I think, feel like every line he was given was just a joke. Just joke, 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 joke. Um, I, you know, but I like the idea that, um, you know, Batman's like save somebody and like you'll kind of get mm. addicted to that feeling. That's a fun thing. And we see that happen. And I did love the gag of where Flash saves that the Russian family in the truck. and He's all proud of himself. And then he's seeing Superman carrying an entire building. I thought that was a good, <laughs> a great, you know, use of like found humor in this incredible, bizarre situation that a guy can carry a building and save several hundred people all at once. Like how impressive that is. Well, civilians, see, see, yeah, all yeah civilians. There you go. That's right. Um, we we got to take a moment to talk about the villains. We we just have to, you know. Uh, let's let's first start off by talking about the big villain, Steppenwolf. Um, yeah, dude. This uh, there's a lot of things I love about this movie. This, as far as I'm concerned, is the most egregious error the film made was making him CGI. He looks terrible. He looks like a, a cut scene from a a video game. Um, it doesn't look good. It really doesn't. It, it, I didn't like Doomsday in the other movie either. Um, some people did, but I, I felt like I, I never felt like Doomsday or Steppenwolf were actually in the room. I felt like they were CGI creations the whole time. You know, not like when you watch a Marvel movie, Hulk, you eventually get to the point where you believe Hulk is there. You know, you really do. Um, not in this case. No. Yeah. He and, was, to me, he was just a, a blank. Just, just nothing, nothing to hook onto at all. I didn't mind him being generic because Marvel has made a whole industry of making super generic bad, big bad guys. Um, you know, like the, the aliens and Avengers, you know, they were just generic. They didn't matter who they were. They were just invading, you know, things like that. Marvel's, I, Marvel's done it a bunch. So I was okay with the genericness of him. I just thought he looked terrible. Uh, in fact, you know, Michael Bailey pointed this out uh, on Facebook and it was that, you know, if you go back 30 years ago, they put Tim Curry in this makeup to, for Legend where he had those enormous horns. Okay, if they can pull that off 30 years ago with prosthetics, I'm pretty sure they could have pulled this off as a guy in a mask. You know, yeah, really I don't, yeah, I don't know why they needed to do that. Um, yeah, I thought, and you know, again, these guys, I think there's always this obsession with, like, we have to do our own version, and maybe there's even some legal things. But I thought that Jack Kirby's redesign for Steppenwolf, when he, when the, that they made the figure out of, I mm-hmm. thought he was one of the coolest-looking characters. I thought he was one of the coolest action figures in that whole line, where he just got that axe that's like mm-hmm. constantly... And I'm like... Make him look like that. Like, have him look like that guy. Instead, he was like this World of Warcraft outtake. Yeah, I, I, that, the, every, every scene with a villain, I just was like, yeah, I'm just, we're just marking time. We're just marking time till we get back to the Justice League. I was okay with the redesign itself. I just think that it could have been done better without the CGI. Well, I, I guess I'm saying I didn't like either one. I didn't like no, the redesign, I, yeah. and I thought it was done poorly. <laughs> So, I picked up on that. You, you weren't subtle. Um, the, uh, I, the one, the redesign I did like was the parademons. I actually thought the parademons looked really cool, like these big metal zombie bugs. I actually thought they were pretty effective, and I liked every time we got a close up, they were like, ah! they'd be like, they'd be like scream, yeah. sort of randomly. That, and they had the, just the, the red eyes. That I actually thought was those were pretty sharp. Yeah, those were done really, really well. That was cool. Uh, it, it wasn't even so much as like a redesign as it was just done right. Yeah. You know, like if you look at the versions of Parademons we've seen before in comics and cartoons, it looks very reminiscent to me of some of the versions. Not all of them, but some of the versions that we've seen of Parademons, and I thought it was really well. 
I love the Jim Gordon bit where <laughs> where they're holding up the picture and they're like of a parademon or drawing and they're like, you know, it looks kind of like the Batman. And he says something like, yeah, after 20 years, he goes yeah. off as nothing <laughs> and just starts attacking people. I thought that was great. Oh, speaking of Jim Gordon. So, like, remember when they were all getting ready for the movie and they kept posting pictures of him on Instagram? Like, you know, totally ripped, you know, Wrath of Khan style. Yeah, J.K. Simmons is all, is all, yeah, he's, he's super ratted, super uh, cut. Was that for him to walk around in a trench coat? Is that what that was about? I, I don't know. I don't know. I maybe, you know, maybe if he's going to be in the Matt Reeves movie, Matt Reeves is like, you're going to be doing some punching, dude. So, okay. <laughs> There's a cut scene on the beach that, you know, the scene that they cut from the beach, I guess, or I don't know. Um, so, quick thing about Darkseid. Now, I, I, I noticed Darkseid was only mentioned once in the whole film, which I thought was kind of weird. I'm like, aren't they building to that? And apparently, from what I understood, uh, WB actually asked them to cut the Darkseid stuff to get the running time down, which... I think is a very smart move once we saw the stinger at the very end. Because yes. once I saw that stinger, I was like, screw Darkseid. <laughs> I want this. So what would you think of the end, end scene? Well, uh, I mean, I thought, you know, like Deathstroke. Okay, big deal. Uh, I liked, you know, that uh, that Jerry – Jerry, I'm sorry. Um, what's – I'm blanking Jesse. on his name. Jesse. Jesse. Uh, Eisenberg looks is dressed like the Gene Hackman Luthor. I thought that was funny with that big, po- you know, po- uh, polka dot tie. Like, this, you know, I thought that was cool. I like the idea of like an Injustice League, but I don't think, I don't think this is ever going to go anywhere. I don't think they're going to make a second Justice League movie. So I, I, that's that scene. I think is just going to just be nothing. I don't think that oh, we're going to get. Don't say that. Well, well they, I mean, the internationally, the film is performing well as well. So they may make enough money, or they might look at this franchise and go, "Okay, what do we do next?" Obviously, we do a Batman movie, um, we do another Wonder Woman movie, but what else do we do? And they go, "Well, we could either do an independent Flash movie, or we could do another Justice League." All right, which one's going to make more money? Let's be realistic about this. And so they, we might get another Justice League movie. And if we do, we gotta have the Legion of Doom. We got, and I don't want to be the Injustice League. I want it to be Legion of Doom. I, I that scene. I mean, I the dude next to me started letting out a string of expletives once he figured out that was dark, uh, Deathstroke on the boat. Okay, because like an excitement. He was just, and I thought that was great. I didn't even know who the guy was. He was so excited. It's like MF and Deathstroke. Oh my god, you know. <laughs> so I mean, there's a lot of people out there who played the video games, who've watched Arrow, you know, who know who Deathstroke is. So that was a that was a great. I think that was a smart move putting him in there. I thought it was great. Yeah, I mean, I'm he, excited. He's clearly set up to be the Batman of that team, you know. So yeah, okay. oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So very cool. All right, uh, I did want to mention the the flashbacks with the Atlanteans and the Amazons. Um, that was an epically cool scene. That was really quite amazing. That battle, and I I want to go back and watch it almost in freeze frame because there's so much going on. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you you've got it. You go ahead. Well, I I enjoyed the Green Lantern cameo. I thought that was nice that they threw that in without telling you. You just had to know what it is. And we actually even get the close up of the ring coming off the dead Green Lantern's hand and flying off, which I thought was cool. So uh, I I do feel bad for Green Lantern fans because <laughs> I'm sure that when the movie was coming out, they were like, oh man, you know, like Green Lantern, he's getting a movie ahead of Wonder Woman, ahead of Flash, ahead of Aquaman, and then that movie just just you know and because of that movie he probably isn't in this movie so it's like he green lantern fans are almost getting like a double whammy you know right. like they they didn't get the movie they really wanted and then they, then he misses out on the justice league movie so <laughs> that's uh that's unfortunate for for green lantern fans 
if they still do the buddy cop Green Lantern movie with with Hal and John, as they've talked about, I got to assume it's not going to be the same universe as the previous Green Lantern film. I assume it's going to be, you know, just in this Justice League universe versus the the previous Green Lantern movie universe. I, I assume the Ryan Reynolds Green Lantern movie exists in the same universe as Superman Returns. It's just yeah, a whole separate thing that's just we're we're not talking about. So uh, other stuff in that scene. So like, uh, you know, I didn't I didn't know this till I even read about this in an article. Ares from the Wonder Woman movie. Apparently, he came back and reprised the role for that scene. So he's in there battling because the battle is between the old gods and the new gods. And and, and I didn't really think about that. Uh, again, it was Daniel Cynical Adams that pushed me to think about it. But um, because it's literally, you know, Steppenwolf, the the new gods. So it's the old gods versus the new gods. And so it's Zeus and Ares and people like that. You know, there's some very tall people. I don't know what that's about. Um, I was convinced it wasn't Zeus. I was convinced it was Shazam, the wizard, because that that's what it looked like to me. I thought that would be super cool. That's mythology building towards Captain Marvel. But again, going back to the – they have confirmed it's Zeus instead. But, you know, that's pretty cool. I, I, I love that scene. Yeah, I, I missed all that stuff about uh, Ares and Zeus as well. I, I had no idea any of that was going on. So, um, is do we is the Shazam movie in this universe? Have they said that? At one point, I want to say they said it wasn't, but I got to think it is now. Okay. Um, now, I heard Zachary Snyder was playing Captain Marvel. Zachary uh, Levy. I'm sorry. What did I say? Levi? I, I do not want to see Zach. You said Zach Snyder. I do not want to oh, see Zach Snyder really? playing Shazam <laughs> at all. At all. Right. Now, Z- uh, Chuck is playing Captain Marvel, which is a big head scratcher to me. I don't get like Chuck versus the Rock. Well, he's that. in those Thor movies. He's he's heroic in those Thor movies. But he's this tiny little skinny guy. <laughs> well, he's a little buffed he, he up looks, as as he looks like he looks like he needs to eat a sandwich. <laughs> well, I, hey, you ever you know seen those Christopher Reeve screen tests of Superman? He was a beanpole, and then they beefed him up, so you can oh, really? do that. Okay. Well, I, I will say, I mean, I love the show, like I love that actor. Like Chuck was one of my favorite shows when it was on the air. I was a huge proponent of Chuck, so I'm I'm all in favor there. I'm all in, if you will, on Zachary Levi. I just hope he can pull it off. All right. Um, now let's look. Let's look forward here. Like you know, it, what what do you want to see next? We've talked a little bit about it. What do you, what do you think would be nice? Well, you know, again, I'm I'm not when I'm saying I don't think they're going to do a second Justice League. I'm not saying it because it's like I, I you know, I I think um, I didn't have a ton of fun at this movie. I think overall it didn't add up to a whole lot. I didn't really want to see another one as soon as, as soon as this movie ended. I kind of just forgot about it. Um, <laughs> But I do think it is a quantum leap better than BVS and uh, even further of a leap better than Suicide Squad. Uh, but, I mean, I, what I'm saying, I don't think they're going to make a second one. Again, I'm not saying it to, to be like, yeah, yeah, I just don't think they're going to because, yes, this movie is making a lot of money. But this movie also cost like $400 million to make. When a movie make, costs that much, it has to make like a billion. It has to do like Avatar money for it to, you know, spawn a sequel. And I just don't see that happening. And then you also realize that, like, you look at the slate that DC has announced, they're just doing one movie a year. They're not they're not Star Warsing it here. They're not marveling it. They're doing one a year. Next year is Aquaman. The year after that is Wonder Woman. The year after that is Batman. Or the year after that is Shazam. So you're already talking three, four years planned out with no Justice League. So I just don't see them doing it. But I would think, well, why do you have to do a whole Justice League movie why not do team-up movies like you've got these characters now do an aquaman wonder woman movie do a superman wonder woman movie do a superman flash movie do as you mentioned a flash cyborg movie like you don't have to overstuff it 
but you don't have to do solo ones. Like, why not just do team-up movies? Like, that would be really... I wish Marvel would do more of that. They, they just did one. Thor Ragnarok. Right, well, there you go. Thor Ragnarok, and they're doing Ant-Man and the Wasp, <laughs> which is kind of close to that. Like, I would love to see more of that, of just like, look, we don't have to have the whole team, because then we have to construct some giant blue beam of death that's going to destroy the universe. <laughs> have something more localized. Like, I think a Wonder Woman Aquaman movie would be a rip. Like, that would be so fun. Like, like Brave and the Bold, the, the the movie series. That would be a pretty cool idea. That would be a pretty cool idea. And, you know, I, I was sitting here, I was going to have this whole argument laid out to, to argue with you, because, first of all, it's easy, but uh, about if they're able to make Aquaman a big star, like we hope, and they've got Wonder Woman, who's already a big star, and Batman's always going to be a big star, it would almost make sense not, you know, like, how could they not do a Justice League movie to do something with these characters together? But you know what? You came up with a good alternative. The, the buddy the buddy movie in the Thor Ragnarok vein. That could actually really work. I, I hate to give you credit, but I think I'm going to have to. That's, that's a good idea. Yay! <laughs> um, I, I would, you know... For me, looking forward, I want to see another Justice League movie. I do because the Justice League we got at the end, you know, forget the first half of the movie. The the people we got at the end, the position they were at the end. I want to see more of that. Yes, I want to see that. Yes. So I would be good with more Justice League films. The team up idea is great. I'd love to see another Superman movie. You know, whether it's Man of Steel two or whatever they want to call it, I don't care. Fun Henry Cavill as Superman would be a joy. Um, yeah, but my, my biggest hope right now would be Justice League 2 versus the Legion of Doom. I think that would be fan-damn-tastic. Fan so. That would be really cool to see an actual set of the giant Darth Vader head popping up out of the swamp. That would be, <laughs> be pretty if it doesn't have If it doesn't have the incidental music, that's been like, da 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 You know, like the, the one that would always play when the head came up. That's, mm-hmm. it, and and it's it's got to have that, that crocodile yeah. that moves into the links. He's got to have that in there. <laughs> it absolutely They've already does. done Solomon Grundy in live action twice, so they can do it in a movie. Sure. Wait, Legends of Superheroes and what else? He's in Gotham. Is he really? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, they have a guy on, on Gotham who's uh, Solomon Grundy. It's all white makeup and everything? Yeah, 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 yeah. Good for them. Good oh, yeah, for they're, them. They're, they're, they're just saying to hell with it. <laughs> right. Well, The Flash, I mean, if you, you know, I, I haven't seen it yet, but I hear this crossover that they just did with the CW shows with Flash, Arrow, Legends of Tomorrow, and um, uh, what am I forgetting? Supergirl. I, uh, Supergirl, right. I hear this week's crossover was amazing, Crisis on Earth X. So, yeah, they're, they're, they're not pulling any punches anymore. Like, just screw it. You know, why not? Why not? We can do any character now. What the hell? <laughs> All right, so, you know, I, I do think the movie's getting a bit of a better pass than, simply because, by comparison, they look at Man of Steel and they look at BVS and they say, well, it's better than that. You know, so some people are grading it pretty harshly and some people are grading it favorably. I think some of the favorable grading might be a little bit by comparison. It's sort of like the first X-Men movie. It's not a good movie, but compared to the slate of superhero movies right before that, it was much better. So, I don't know. I agree. Um, yeah, I think this movie is graded on a curve – steeper than the one that killed James Dean. But, uh, you know, the, the thing the thing I'm, I'm hearing from people is that they say that they had fun, and that's mm-hmm. not anything you can argue. You know, I mean, you can't argue with someone, no, you didn't. They, well, right. they did or they didn't. I would argue this is not a good movie, objectively, but you came out of it saying you had a lot of fun. Chris Franklin came out of it saying he had a lot of fun. Great. I didn't have a whole lot of fun. I found little bits and pieces th- that were fun. But good on you you know what i mean like if you found it fun fantastic so but i mean i think objectively i feel like you can tell the the, the way this was sort of frankensteined together 
um, <sighs> and stuff like that. So, you know, uh, again, I, I think objectively this is not a particularly good movie, but is it more fun than BVS and Suicide Squad? Hells to the yeah. <laughs> I'm tired of hearing you call it a Frankenstein movie because I, I – is it perfect? No. Did it have a blast? Absolutely. I came out completely energized. I'm sitting here a week and a half later, and I'm still energized for this movie or two weeks later, whatever it is. So I'm, I'm still riding high on it. I do think it's a better film for having both Schneider and Whedon's involvement. Maybe it is a little uneven because the two styles are so differently and they weren't working together. It was one coming in after the other with a lot of executive interference. But I think it's better because of both of them. You know, Schneider got to move his vision along. Whedon got to make it fun. I, I think together it was better. Um, so it, it's, it's not my Justice League. Like when I think of, when I think of the Justice League, you know, the classic, the, 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 the Magnificent Seven, this is not them. However, it is a recognizable version of the Justice League. And I'm okay with that. You know, at the end of the day, I'm happy with it. So if you had to choose, I'm going to put you on the spot. If you had to choose for one iteration to continue would you rather have seen more episodes of mercy reef or would you rather see this version of aquaman continue on well i don't even know how to answer that because it's that means i'd be you know do i want a tv show an aquaman tv show or a movie if i have to pick between these two i don't know why forget tv show and movie side of it just the version of aquaman the pure version okay I would go with the Justice League version because it's closer. I mean, the Mercy Reef version is, uh, you know, yeah, no, no, no. I would go. I would go with this one. I, I, All right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can always I'll give him, you can always give Momoa a haircut and a shave. You can do that. <laughs> he did. He did. Uh, I think he did an episode of Baywatch or something like that. You can find that picture online. He's all pretty and like that. So yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, I mean, look, I, if if Aquaman by casting Jason Momoa gets a lot of women to see the Aquaman movie, great. <laughs> You know, I mean, awesome. I'm not going for that reason, but if if you can get women that are all like, "Oh my God, I have got to see this gorgeous hunk of man in in skin tight clothing being a superhero," I'm there. Good, great, good marketing. Good for that. <laughs> Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. I want takes. Aquaman movie to be a hit. I want it to be. I saw a tweet. Not to get off. We're, we're wrapping up here, and I don't want to get too far off topic. But I remembered earlier this year when Wonder Woman was like a month out or two months mm-hmm. out and they were releasing the different like TV spots. And I saw a tweet from a, a woman that I follow. I think she's like a film critic and she, re- referring to the trailer. She was like, I don't care if I have to see this effing movie a thousand times. I will. So it's a hit. Like she mm. was like, I am going to make this move. I am not going to let the Wonder Woman movie be a bomb. And I think a lot of women did that. I think now they were lucky that they liked it. You know, like not most people really liked it, but I think there was a kind of effort to say we are not going to let the first Wonder Woman movie be a bomb. I don't want the Aquaman movie to be a bomb. I don't want mm-hmm. Aquaman to have that stink on him. So, you know, if this works for people, if people, if women walk out and gay dudes walk out of this movie going, man, that Momoa guy, give me more of that, then awesome. Because as a straight man, I will have Amber Heard to look at because Amber Heard is very pretty. And it's, again, it's an Aquaman movie. I can't believe I get to say those words in that order. I, what I hear is you just endorsed an entire half the nation to go in there and be irredeemable, is what I just heard. So I'm, I'm okay with your endorsement. Thanks for that, buddy. Okay, fine enough. <laughs> so I would say, based on our discussion, this is an Aquaman and Firestorm podcast. It sounds like Aquaman and Justice League is a check in the win column. I would say so. I, I would yeah. say so. Like I said, again, this is not the version I would want, 
but you have to I'm also an old man and and you know you have to <laughs> aim things at a different audience. I have my Aquaman. I can go always rewatch Super Friends when I do and reread my adventure comics and reread the stuff and we can talk about the skeets you know, apparel books, which we skates. do. Skates. God damn it. The skates apparel version, <laughs> which we do, and stuff like that. This is not aimed at me. I want him to be heroic. I want him to be brave. I want him to be... I hope that they will, when he's getting his own movie, he will get to be much more of an, you know, water-related character. We really didn't get to see him in the water that much. This, the, You know, he just kind of comes in. He's a badass. Oh, we should mention... Like as much as I hated the the throwing the litter out down because that's to me that's being a stupid that's you know being a badass for stupid people mm-hmm. riding a parademon corpse like a surfboard that's good badass that I enjoy <laughs> that was <laughs> that I I'm like that's the kind of Aquaman I like to see he just stabs the parademon with a trident and then just just literally rides the corpse into the ground and then jumps off and like yeah I did that that was cool. <laughs> Well, you're talking about your versions of Aquaman. I got to tell you, uh, since I moved, I've redone my office, and I only have one Aquaman action figure on display, and it is a DC Direct version of the Peter David Aquaman. Oh, you make so, me so sad. I I I love it, man. So this is this is this is good for me. I'm good. It, 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 even if they even go with the harpoon hand, I could probably still be okay with that too. Oh, but don't say that. <laughs> do you need Do you need me to replay the the quote from several months ago where you said that they were going to go with the classic Aquaman and clean cut? And I said, No, they're going to do the Peter David Aquaman. No, I don't need to. I, I yeah, we're getting along here. Why would you need to, to try and ruin? That's it? true. Okay. Bottom line: win in the column win, in, in the win column for Aquaman. So we're thrilled. All right, folks. That's going to do it for this episode of the Fire and Water Podcast. Uh, huge, huge victory for Aquaman fans around the world. So excited about this. Rob, why don't you tell the people online where they can find uh, more stuff from the Aquaman folks? <laughs> well, it's on our website, which is firewaterpodcast.com, where we have uh, pretty much a new show every day. All of them, well, most of them, are very high quality. So go to Water. <laughs> Ryan tries. Ryan Ryan does his best. We're going to (laughs) fireandwaterpodcast.com. And you can, of course, follow us on Twitter. We we all have our own Twitter handles, and then the the network itself is at FW Podcasts. Perfect. Excellent. Now we're not going to do a gallery post. There's no sense for that in this one, but definitely go out to the there and leave comments on the, on, on the episode about your thoughts on the movie. Let's not get nasty here, folks. Cause it does seem like DC movies brings out the worst in fandom on the internets. You know, they like eat each other alive, keep it clean. So I don't have to ban anybody. please. All right. <laughs> How dare you talk about the runtime? I'm going to issue a death threat. Oh gosh. All right, folks. So that's going to do it until next time. Fan the flame. And going deep! Aquaman and Firestorm Fighting crime together Soak them down Or burn them up No one does it better Whenever you find trouble They'll always be there To catch them in a bubble Or even torch their hair They stand for truth and justice And see a land in there Aquaman and Firestorm They make us Super friends forever. Yeah. I believe there is a stranger who comes to this village from the sea. He comes in the winter when the people are hungry. He brings fish. 
He comes on the king tide. That was last night. Icebergs in the harbor. Four months since the last ship got through. Well, this stranger doesn't come by ship. There are enemies coming from far away. I need warriors. I'm building an alliance to defend ourselves. You should get out. Can you at least point me to Atlantis? Arthur Curry. Also known as protector of the oceans, the Aquaman. I hear you can talk to fish. <laughs>